0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a compuls- recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, July 21st, 2021, and today we're reading from the big book. We're in Chapter 6 into action, and we're on page 73, the first paragraph, more than most people, reading one paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 steps, Laura K. 12th Traditions. Andrea B. And reading the text are Katie G. and Elena C. Ilana C. Uh, the newcomer greeter is Yvette L. And the host of the second hour is Nancy P. The reference numbers for Tuesday, July 20th, 2021. For the 7 a.m. is 17,387. That's 17,387. And for the 10 a.m. is 17,388. That's 17,388. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Laura Kay to read the 12 steps.
1: Thank you, Katie. Um, this is Laura Kay from New York, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, the 12 steps. sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for his knowledge only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass.
0: Thank you, Laura. Okay, I will now ask Andrea B. to read the 12 traditions. Star one, Andrea.
2: Good morning, can I be heard? Yes. Excellent, thank you so much for your service. Andrea B. gratefully recovered in this program. The 12 traditions, one, our common welfare should come first, We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me serve, and I pass.
0: Okay, thank you. How our meeting works our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the first paragraph, more than most people, and I will ask Katie G to begin reading.
3: Hey, KDF, it's Katie G, thanks for taking the meeting. Kdg G recovered in Boston, compulsive eater. More than most people, the alcoholic leads a double life. He is very much the actor. To the outer world, he presents his stage character. This is the one he likes his fellows to see. He wants to enjoy a certain reputation, but knows in his heart he doesn't deserve it. love this paragraph, and I'm interested that it goes back to um, right before step three, where Bill talks about being on stage, being the actor, forever trying to arrange the lights, the scenery, and the ballet, and, and why, if we're on step five, are we talking about this? i think it's really vital um what i have learned in the 16 years i've been in oa and the five and a half years that i've been free from exercise bulimia um, i uh, have learned that honesty is the foundation of my life and my ego uh, wants to destroy that every single day because i want everyone to like me Um, I remember when I was, um, about to relapse, I was going to this meeting every day and I wanted to enjoy a certain reputation and my heart felt heartbroken every time I didn't get to share or be a part of, or in the way that I needed to, and I needed to be part of OA and I needed to be part of this meeting. And I, I was coming from a place of fear. And as a result, I was lying. You know, it's pretty easy to speak for three minutes on these lines. I was lying um, to my employer about exercise bulimia. And, and there was that sinking piece of me that knew I didn't deserve it, right? And, and there's no problem with that except there's a 100% problem with that because eating was a step up. Because the whole point of these steps, right, is into me, I see. It's to have intimacy with who Katie is. It's that I don't have to perform. I don't have to be someone for you guys that that I think you need me to be or my husband or anybody else. I get to go inside. And I get to figure out who I am and then share that with the world. And I don't need to prove myself and I don't need external accolades. And I think it's really important to remember, like, this program is absolutely about putting my hand in God's, but I need daily accountability because I'm somebody that still wants to be dishonest. Last week, um, my child got, um, what was it, strep throat. And it came back positive and I didn't want to tell the babysitter because if I tell the babysitter then da and praise be to God, that's my first thought, right? But I'm responsible for the actions I take. And you might think, oh, well, that's a small lie. No, no such thing. No such thing. No such thing. I have to be 100% honest 100% of the time. And I'm not speaking from this place of like being so much better than anybody else. I'm telling you, I wanted to lie. And I couldn't. I couldn't, and so each and every day, my job is to ask, ask myself, ask God, how can I be accountable to the people in my life? How can I stay spiritually accountable to all of you? Because if I am not, I will pay the consequences, and, and, and eating will be a step up. So I'm just grateful that I get to be one person today, integrated with God and all of you without a pass. Thank you, Katie. Okay, although we
0: value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So who would like to share on this paragraph on page 73 more than most people?
4: Melissa? Janet B. Lynn F.
5: Larry K.
0: Melissa <laughs> Irene B. Janet B. Ann ah, no. okay. Yes. Okay, let me tell you who I got. Um, I heard, I heard, I think I heard a Melissa B and Melissa C. Is that true? Are there two Melissas that spoke up?
6: Uh, I I spoke <laughs> Melissa C. I don't know if Melissa D did.
0: Did the other Melissa speak? Okay, I did Melissa C. Melissa who? P. P is in Paul, okay. Yep. Okay, so we have Melissa P, Janet B, I think it's B, Larry K, Melissa C, On M, and I think there were a couple of others that I missed. Please only speak if you already said your name once and tell me. Irene B, Lynn F, Sandy S. Irene B, um, Lynn F, as in Frank, and Irene, yep. and who was that last one? What was it? sorry? There was one more. Sandy, was it
6: Sandy?
0: Sandy S. Yes. Oh, Sandy or Cindy? Sandy S. This is Sandy. Okay. okay. Um, thank you all. Uh, Melissa P, Janet B, Larry K, Melissa C, Ann M, Irene B, Lynn F, and Sandy S, I think. Okay. Go ahead, please.
7: Melissa P. is in Paul. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. My name is Melissa P. I'm from Buffalo. Um, you know, I haven't been on the meeting in a few days, which is strike one. I haven't been feeling very good. And um, I was listening to something last night and I was muted. And of course, you know, it's everybody's fault that I'm sick in my house, right? And um, The self-pity was like, you know, the parade was getting ready to play outside. And I snapped at my husband. And the first thing that I thought about was, oh, my gosh, am I unmuted? Because I could never want all my fellows to hear the way that I just spoke to my husband in the kitchen, who was trying to help me, right? And, you know, of course, (laughs) I open up the book today and I get back on the meeting and I'm doing my stuff and I'm like, Oh, of course this is the reading today, right? Because, like, who am I when I'm not on the line sharing for three minutes? You know, who am I when I don't have my name badge on and I'm at work and I'm like, Miss Social Worker, going to save the world? Really? Who am I when somebody cuts me off in traffic? Who am I when someone steps on my foot? Who am I when my little boy doesn't follow my script and acts a fool in the middle of Walmart? Who am I when I'm sick? Right? Like, This is the work that is taking place inside my heart every day. It's easy to show up on this line for three minutes and, you know, say something that makes people want to outreach and call, right? But guess what? For me, like, that's not what it's about. It's who I am when I close my eyes at night and I'm looking over these questions from the book. Was I loving and kind today? Do I owe an apology today? What could I have done better, right? What are the other ways that I need to be showing up? Um, and I'll tell you what, lesson learned from the last couple of weeks that I can't let go. I need to be in the middle of the herd, taking care, showing up for others, and just letting the power that be in my life, if I'm willing to do the work, the miracles and the promises happen, you know, and it doesn't always look like the way that I would have it go, funny, right? Um, you know, but it goes the way it's going to go, you know, and no matter what is happening for me, um it's really important that I let my ego get smashed and go down and do the work every day because I want to be the person that you all think I am three minutes and the other 23 hours in the day, you know, that's who I'm, I'm working to be. And, you know, hopefully that's something that happens if I'm willing to do the work. So thanks so much for letting me share. Appreciate it. Have a good day, everyone.
8: Thank you, Melissa P. And Janet B., you're up, followed by Larry Kay. Good morning. This is Janet B., recovered from compulsive eating and bulimia in New Jersey. So I'm looking at that line, he wants to enjoy a certain reputation, but knows in his heart he doesn't deserve it. And that's how I was, you know, this vague guilt, not specific, you know, although I could name a bunch of stuff I did wrong, but this vague I'm not worthy.
0: Look, we can't hear you, Janet. We lost you at I'm not worthy. Did you hear? Oh,
8: can you hear me now? We lost you at I'm not worthy. Okay. So I was thinking, Um, <laughs> I'm not worthy. So that vague sense of guilt, and that really um, got in the way of, Step two. And if I go back to the ABCs on page 60, where it says, In order to proceed, I have to believe that God could and would if He were sought. Well, it's easy to believe that God could, right? I look at all of you and everyone's recovered. So it's like, okay, clearly God could. And it's like, okay, could He do it for me? Well, yeah, obviously He could. He's God. But would He? And so often I find that people say, He could, but he won't for me because there's this sense of I'm not worthy. But luckily, thank God, our program tells us that worthiness is not a requirement, right? If I break my leg and go to the doctor for a cast, he doesn't say, you know, are you worthy? Have you robbed? Have you lied to people? Have you been a nasty person? No, he sets my leg. How much more so will God, my loving creator, do that? Worthiness isn't the requirement here to start working these steps and to get freedom from the obsession. Willingness is. I have to be willing to go to any lengths. I have to be willing to do the work. And that means getting rid of not my false, vague sense of guilt, but my real guilt, which I get to do in step four. I get to list all the ways I've been resentful, fearful, the harms I've caused to others. And then through the miracle of this beautiful program, God removes this and I get a chance to fix it. So then there's no more guilt. And um, this program is so awesome because, again, I don't have to be worthy. I can come around with low self-esteem or no self-esteem or guilt that I've tried this a hundred times before and it hasn't worked. All I have to do is be willing to do whatever it takes to get a relationship with God and um he meets me more than halfway. And with that I pass. Thank you, Janet B. Larry K. you're
0: up. Followed by Melissa C.
5: Hey, Katie, thank you for your service. Thanks so much. You know, um the uh there's a term uh uh in psychology called congruence, right? And and congruence is uh, it's just something where uh, it describes a state of being in which a person's ideal self, you know, we all have an ideal self, and their actual experience are consistent or very similar, and it is an ideal. Uh, There's not one person on this line, I I know this because they're human, that is 100% congruent. We are merely human beings and we strive towards this congruence and this program of action, you know, helps us as we approach the fifth step, it helps us to do it, you know, but uh, to become more congruent, it's a, it's a daily walk, right? And um, for me, you know, there's things that get in the way of uh, hiding things. There's shame. We're afraid of what others' reactions are gonna be. I know that's the case for me. I, I wanna make people happy. I want them to like me. Who doesn't? What human being? Remember Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that social instinct, that sense of belongingness. We want to feel connected. There's a fear of being seen as, uh, you know, being incompetent or, or faking it or those types of things. And, and, or, or, as we heard, we don't deserve to, to get what we need. And, you know, hiding takes a toll. I know it has for me. And if you've ever lied... You probably know how hard it could be to manage it. You worry that you won't be able to keep the story straight, that someone will see cracks in it. You feel anxious. You feel on edge. And, you know, the same thing happens with these bigger issues, but even more so. Because just like it takes tremendous structural strength, you know, um, it takes the strength to, to hold back a river. You have a dam. It takes tremendous emotional and psychological energy to hold back what we hide. And the anxiety we feel and we may feel we have good reasons to hide you know but but the reality is um, what step five is doing is it's we're learning a skill set to open up and when we do we realize that people will love us and the ones that won't accept us they have a fear they have a fear they're going to catch what we have like a cold but the but most people in a, in a recovered state are going to accept that and they're going to accept your imperfections and they're going to love you right where you're at, and they're going to support you and strengthen you. I know that that's what I try to do because, that we, because that's, that's what we are, and that's what we do. That's what the fifth step is. It's the beginnings of opening up and, and being uh, honest and more congruent with ourselves, and we build from there. So grateful for this program. We take baby steps to expand our comfort zone with this. With that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry. Okay, Melissa C., you're up, followed by On M.,
6: Hi, it's Melissa C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, you know, I I definitely led this double life that they talked about. I, I tried very hard to show the world this one side of myself. Um, depending on who you were, I showed you a specific side of me. And I think, you know, basically I felt like crap inside. And that's, that's why I needed to do it. And um it was my job to convince you, I had to convince you that I was great, you know, and I um, and I did everything to put up this charade. For me, like, um, you know, what I've come to see is I-, I was the president of the Melissa C. Public Relations firm, you know, that's what I did. And my um, inventory showed me, okay, my business has some really big flaws here. And I better get real about the stock and trade and stop being the president of this PR firm, try to sell me to you. You know, I didn't want you to see my flaws and my things and the way like I I see that I did this, like I put on lipstick, I slapped on a smile and I would perform. You know, I I had to be I was the Girl Scout leader for my kids, you know, not actually not for my kid, by the way, but for her friends' parents. Because I wanted them to see an image of me. You know, I had to be, um, I was on the Educational Leadership Team Network, not for my students. Nope. So that my colleagues would see a perfect professional, right? I had to put on all these elaborate birthday parties. That was another thing I did. And it wasn't for my kids. You know, my kids, by the way, my kids hate big parties. They like small, quiet things. But I put on shows you know, because I liked a reputation. And then I would act like a lunatic for my family. You know, I would give them the worst of me. I would scream and cry and throw tantrums, um, you know, and then lock myself in the room and eat. And and I had some other really awful secrets about myself and my fifth step. You know, um, I finally had a space to let it out. You know, and and what I see is like, when you want to enjoy a reputation but you know you don't deserve it, it's got a name. It's called guilt, right? I had guilt. And what my fifth step began to show me was that my guilt had a purpose. You know, some of it um, really was God molding my ideals. It was God's whisper that you're doing something wrong and it's time to change. And I say it was like my spirit cry. You know, it was telling me that it was time to change. And it started with an honest exchange with my sponsor. I'm just going to finish up. I told her some of the things that were eating me up. I got real with myself and with her. Some of the guilt was unnecessary and speaking it out loud removed it and others required amending. And we've got the rest of the steps for that stuff. So thanks. With that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Melissa C. Okay, on M, you're up, followed by Irene B. Hi,
9: Katie, it's Ann M
3: here.
9: Can you hear me okay? Yes, great. Brilliant. Thanks, Katie. Thanks for taking the meeting. It's on M here, Recovered Compulsive Obringer from Ireland. And yeah, what a great paragraph and what a great meeting. And uh, I can so identify with this, you know, it's the, uh, the part of step five, you know, and talk, you know, the double the double life. And, uh, yeah, and the principle behind step five is integrity, you know, consistency of character. And this is all about, you know, my self-will, all my self-will versus God's will, which there is none of God's will in here, you know, and I can totally identify with this double life. And, uh, yeah, I suppose it was all the, you know, all the living through other people, you know just really just shown the face all the covers and masks and layers and fronts and you know just putting to the outside world what i thought they wanted to know or they wanted to see in me or how they wanted me to be and i lived that double life yeah all my life really um definitely the perfect actor the actor who had that double life and you know It wasn't until I was in program a while that I realized and really, you know, got the insights into what this has to do with compulsive overeating. And, uh, you know, when I really understood the program that this was all the stuff that was keeping me blocked off from my higher power, you know, I was just living as a shell. I was not living as a person and certainly not as a spiritual person. I had no sense of self and no sense of where my higher power was you know I didn't realize it was all an inside job inside myself and yeah and I just love where it goes on you know that reputation and knows in his heart and at some level I knew in my heart you know I was living this double life but I didn't know it anything to do with you know being blocked off and disconnected from a higher power and just living from a very superficial part and it wasn't until you know i took i took the plunge took you know took into to going through these steps and really understood you know my part and my place and just being i suppose it's the part where we call it uncover, discover, and to recover and finding my way through all of this stuff and all the stuff that had been- had been blocking me off it is that spiritual malady I was a million miles away from my heart and obviously away from my higher power, and it wasn't until i yeah, just got a your handle and understood what the step work was all about, that I had this spiritual awakening. And it was magic and still remains to be. And it is a miracle. I'm so, so grateful for it. I'll leave it at that. And thanks again, Katie, for taking the meeting. With that, I pass. Thank you. And, um, and Irene B, you're up, followed by Lynn F.
0: Good morning. Thank you for your service. I'm Irene B. A bulimic in uh, Louisiana, uh, leading a double life. Um, I mean, there's different ways of leading a double life, and here we're just talking about the insidious double life, not literally a double life, as in establishing residence in another state um, and pretending things. Anyways, um but, uh, you know, I find it very difficult to own up to the fact that um I believe I need a double life because um, I want to say that I work the program like my hair's on fire, but in my opinion, I'm not very diligent about my quiet times. It's like I don't have the discipline to to do things exactly as the book says. And I feel like that makes me a fraud. But I do have And here goes the justification, the rationalization. You know, I do have a connection with my higher power. I give him all the credit for whatever recovery I have. And um, I just feel like a fraud because I'm not doing absolutely everything I could to get my recovery, but I'm doing everything I can, given where I am. So I I give myself grace, I justify myself, because if I don't, the buildup of human emotion is unbearable. I feel like a bad, bad girl, you know, and um, I don't want to feel that way, I want to give myself grace. But at the same time i I wish I had it in me to do absolutely everything, a hundred percent of the time. To maintain my connection to my higher power, and throughout the day, I think that has improved a lot in that I think about my higher power, and I see him everywhere, not all the time, but a lot of the time, and for that i 'm so grateful that he 's so gracious that I attempt to get close to him, and he runs to me but I, I, i'm not i 'm not doing enough I 'm just not doing enough and ah. Uh, I just struggle with this and, you know, the double life. Yeah. Time, Um, please. Okay. Thank you so much. I pass. Thank you. Okay. Um, So Lynn F. is not available. So Sandy S., I believe it was, if you could share, and then we'll open it up for more shares on page 73, the first paragraph, More Than Most People.
10: Hi, this is Sandy S. from Asheville, North Carolina, um, currently
4: Florida. Florida. Uh, can you hear me?
0: Yes, we can hear you fine, thank you. Now we can't.
10: Hi, Sandy S., can you hear me now? There, yes, okay. there you are. Okay. Hi. Yeah, Sandy has recovered compulsive eater from Asheville in Fort Pierce, Florida, at a gas station. Um, This is how I lead a double life. It's, It's different for most people in OA. Like, for some reason, I've always exposed everything wrong with me to everybody so inappropriately because... I think like someone out there is going to save me, someone who has what I want. And, and basically, you know, the person having what I want is themselves. Like I've never wanted to be me. I've always hated myself. I always felt I'm incapable of doing anything. And this, this is the big act for me. Um, I've accomplished a lot in my life, a lot because I do feel like my hair is on fire all the time. It's not because of anything on my part, but for me, the the thing, uh, and it's not about deserving. It's just this ingrown sense. I don't know what it is. Like I'm driving to Asheville now. I think I'm incapable of driving. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter if I succeeded at something a hundred times. This time, you know, I won't be able to do it. Well, I can't do anything. I mean, the whole thing, the the essence of this program is for me to trust that there's something greater than myself that is guiding me, that is there for me, that is loving and protecting me. And ultimately, the hardest thing for me is to really know deep down inside that I am enough. And I am powerless over that happening, but I'm definitely willing to go to any length at 74 to know that I am enough. And just to be open to the evidence. I can't force myself to have that feeling, but maybe little by little, drop by drop, I can have the slow educational variety of that. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Sandy. Okay, so if you've just joined us, we're on page 73. We're in chapter six into action, the first paragraph, more than most people. We read that one paragraph. Who else would like to comment on that? If you haven't shared in the last three two days, do Michelle o. Kathy S W Michelle o. Heidi L. Jennifer. Cheryl S. Okay. Um I'm I'm not doing very well with this group. I heard Kathy, I think Rachel, Heidi, um Cheryl. I didn't get any initials on those. Um, Anyone else that I missed? Susan A. A. Susan A. Michelle O. Jennifer C., I think. Michelle O. Okay, I'm going to stop there. And Leslie W., I did hear you. Um, Okay, so I hope that these are correct. I have Kathy, Rachel, Heidi, Cheryl, Susan, Jennifer, Michelle and Leslie. And we may not have time for all of those. So um, go ahead, please, Kathy, followed by Rachel.
11: Thanks, Katie. This is Kathy S. Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Georgia. And yes, I can, wow, so relate to this paragraph, um, leading a double life and very much being an actor. I always wanted to be an actor and little did I know I was one my whole life. <laughs> and um I just didn't get a big award for it. But uh, until today, now that I have recovery and um, but leading a double life, what really comes up for me was the very fact that here I am a real compulsive overeater. But on the outside, I was a normal, healthy, actually, sometimes even underweight weight, weight, and and I didn't look that way because I didn't want anybody to know that. I always binged when everybody was out of the house. Um, nobody knew that. They just saw the evidence. And and I did things like um, I always in, and I struggled with decisions. I always tried to buy gifts that looked so extravagant, but I wanted to just spend very little. Um, I was just so selfish. I never believed that I had enough and that I was enough. And so I just always tried to look the part and just, I knew that I wasn't authentic and it was so frustrating and it just made me want to eat. And, um, that's what this program has been for me. And it started with step one, just, just announcing really to myself that I am a real compulsive overeater and, um, and stepping out into that, to own that, and to work the steps. And, you know, today, after having a spiritual experience, it happens every day. I do things like, um, you know, rather than try to get away with things, like I had um, a loaner car this week, and I filled it with the most expensive gas, because that's what it takes. And and I didn't try to cheat my way. Uh, I just... I just did it. I'm, I'm acting with honesty and just putting the mask down and, and whether or not somebody sees it, it doesn't matter because it matters to me. I have to practice this way of honesty and um, it's just when I buy a gift, I buy something, I pray about it and I just, I buy something from the heart and I don't pay attention to the cost and, and um, it's just, I don't know, it's a whole new way of living and who would have thought that uh, really living in my authentic truth has made me more attractive. I have some of my I have such so many f- friends today in this program and it all comes from just being not wearing masks and just being myself and I just thank you all for allowing me the safety to to be me and um, And I'm enjoying it. I'm learning I accept myself today, fear and all. So thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank
0: you, Kathy. Okay, Rachel, maybe Kay, you're up, followed by Heidi. I
4: thought I heard a Rachel. Okay, let's go
0: on to Heidi, followed by Cheryl.
12: Hi there, this is Heidi L. calling from Toronto, and I am grateful to all of you. And my dad passed away last week, and if I was feeling my feelings, I think I would be feeling sad. I am trying to feel my feelings, um... And I, I appreciated how some people on the line said that it's very easy to share for three minutes. I find at this meeting it's really hard for me to share because I feel like we have a higher level of honesty. And I can't just spew my normal way of just like how how spiritual I am. And so I'm not, I'm, I know for sure that God is carrying me right now. I know. I know it has to be. Uh, I am feeling a little bit hopeless. I'm feeling extremely lonely. Um, And I know also that when I was in my relapse, I knew for sure that I was going to get abstinence again. And I know for sure. And and I said to myself, like, you're going to get this. Don't worry. Just keep doing the do things. So I need to start doing the do things to get out of my loneliness. I need to start just doing doing a few more actions um, and not be, not not a human doing I just need to be and I need to pray and have some gratitude and this feeling of loneliness and self pity will pass um, and I, I needed to share this morning and I've been here the past few days and in my tradition we have a shiva seven days of mourning and I don't know it's just it's it's a lot and I need to I need to pray and be grateful and thank you all very much I pass
0: thank you so much um Heidi and I'm so sorry for your loss okay Cheryl you're up followed by Susan
4: A hi this is Cheryl S from Illinois Recovered Compulsive Overeater, thank you all so much for your service today. Um, I have lived a double life, I uh, most of my life. Um, and in that, I always felt like I had to be the perfect wife and the perfect mother and keep the perfect house. And I wasn't allowed to show my emotions because that would break my perfectness, right? And since... Um, working the program, I learned that I have to feel my emotions because my emotions drive all the things and I have to release those and I have to release those to my higher power and I have to be able to feel those emotions and let them go because otherwise I just sit there in that twist of my mind that keeps me in addiction. So it's important to release those and I've learned that I don't care if people think I'm perfect because the only person that I need to worry about is my higher power. So with that, I will pass. Have a great day. Bless you.
0: Thank you so much. um, Cheryl and Susan A.
4: You're up followed by Jennifer. Hi,
13: this is Susan A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Pennsylvania. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear?
8: Okay. Thank you.
13: And um, this paragraph really jumped out at me as really representing my life. Um, Just, I grew up in a family where appearances were everything and we lived in the right house. My dad went to the right college. He had the right profession. Um, We looked good. And so I, I and then inside the home was chaos and untreated addiction. But God put a couple women in my life that demonstrated the opposite. They they lived the their outsides outsides reflected their insi- inside self. And that's what I wanted. Um, an example of that was my friend Jan, who was one of these women one day was making sandwiches for lunch, and I and one for her husband, and I saw her spread the peanut butter and then just with the with the knife make a heart on the peanut butter, and I said Jan, I said, what are you doing? And she goes, Oh, well, I I just kind of like to do that every day for for um for my husband, and I just thought. Wow. She wasn't, you know, I, I just happened to see it. And, and that just is a demonstration, a small demonstration, but she was like that. Um, in the 80s, late 80s, I had a spiritual awakening, which led me into um, AA um, and, and then ultimately OA and vision. The way I've been able to transition from my outside and my insides not matching at all but becoming closer is through the big book this program OA Vision listening to all you wonderful people who are on this journey of recovery and um, being able to put my, my prayers into action through the strength of my higher power and it's been It's given me the tools to be able to do what I dreamed of in in what I saw in these two women in my life. I'm so grateful to the program and all of you for being here and for sharing and for doing service. Thank you so much, moderator. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Susan. Okay, Jennifer, you're up, followed
14: by um,
0: Michelle Oh.
14: Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Jennifer C. Recovered in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, So thankful for each and every one of you. So, so, so thankful for all of your shares. Um, So as I was reading this paragraph, what kind of jumped out at me is the fact that most people lead a double life. That's what this paragraph is telling me, Um, that most people do lead a double life, right? But I'm more than most people. Um, I'm an extreme case. I always am. Right. Um, So just like self-centeredness, I'm an extreme case of leading a double life. And obviously the first aspect of that is when I'm in my disease, right? I have the mind of an alcoholic and I have the behavior of an alcoholic. Like that's the first aspect of of this double life. Um, I'm in this distinct entity. That's just the reality of my life. It'll never change. I will always be in this distinct entity of people in the world. Um, and that was a significant part of me taking step one with all my heart. Like I will never not be in this distinct entity. Um, my behavior when I'm in the throes of my addiction with the food and with the with the hangovers, like no wonder I, I have to lead a double life, right? What I do to get my next hit, no wonder. But it's not it's it's beyond the food. It's the self-will. It's the self-reliance, right? It's the way I lived my entire life. It was who I was at the core. I was the actor pretending to be the director. Um, But what page 63 tells me is that as a result of this work, I'm actually becoming reborn. Um, And that's a pretty big deal today, like the concept of just being a completely new person. Um, And I can trust that over time, as I do this work day in and day out with all my heart, like as I take each step with all of my heart and I meditate on the words, and I give my whole self to this process, like I can trust my reputation to God. I can turn that over with the rest of it. And I can trust that God will restore my reputation. Um, so I'm so thankful for all of you this morning and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks for letting me share.
0: Thank you so much, Jennifer. See, um, I believe you said. Um, Michelle O, you're up, followed by
15: Leslie Dupple. Good morning everyone. This is Michelle O. I am a compulsive overeater bulimic in Detroit, Michigan. And um thank you so much for being here for me this morning. I'm trying so desperately to wake my my mind up. I'm so good at this double life that I, I really do convince myself. I just want to share something that happened because I'm afraid that if I don't tell you that I'll keep this live. But uh Last night, I I got home, I began to, to eat, to binge, and I started to cook some food, and I decided I needed more, I went out shopping, and tried to buy various things, and I got home, and there was almost a fire in my kitchen, my kitchen was full of smoke, and I just cleaned it up, I threw out the pot, I cleaned it up, and, you know... I went to bed, you know, and actually, no, before that, I continued my binge and then I went to bed and I, I'm, I got so scared. Like, how did I pull that off and, and, and basically just clean up after this as though nothing had happened. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't realize it didn't shock me. It wasn't my bottom, whatever, you know, and, um, it just terrifies me. I, I think as a bulimic, I am extra, extra good at that double life because, I can pull off this perception of um, you know, of, of so-called normalcy. Um, I know, I've heard others share, I know that even before I was in the food, I was obsessed with what other people thought of me. Some of my earliest memories of, of sadness are disappointing other people. And um, I just really want this program to work in my life, and um, I'm so grateful for you being here. And I want to be that authentic person and, um, And not causes harm. So anyway, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you, Michelle. That was Michelle, right? I believe so.
0: Yes. Okay, Leslie W. You're up. Or Les—I know it's a Leslie. I'm not sure if it was Leslie W. Actually. it was Melissa W. Okay, it was Melissa W. I got my M's mixed up. Okay, go ahead, Melissa. Sorry about that. Hi, this is go Melissa ahead. W. Yeah. Hi, can you hear me? Yes.
16: Mm-hmm. Hi, this is Melissa W. Covered in um, in New York. I'm just walking away from my dog. Um yeah like others have said uh, I really relate to um to this paragraph um and to everything everyone has said this morning um I had a sponsor in another program uh, say to me, you know um the language was you know what what you think of me is is what I think of me, and um she asked me actually when I, when I came in. She said, "What, what, what do you like to eat for lunch?" I, I I couldn't answer the question. And um, and and I realized it was sort of like what everyone else ordered is what I ordered, to the extent that it was within whatever I was eating that day. Um, because what and I have. I had no hobbies, whatever you did is what I did, and I had no sense of self because the thing about me leading the double life is I had spent so much time living for the rest of the world that I had no me. There was just no me anymore, and I had been doing it for as long as I could remember, because you know, again, what has been said already on this line is like, I, I started doing that from the time I was a little girl. I mean, my whole life was like lies and 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 fantasy, and you know, and, and so when I showed up here, there was there was no me. There was there was just like a shell of a person, and and that impacted you know, my relationship with God too, because I I had, I couldn't even fathom like a relationship. If I had no relationship with myself then I could have no relationship with others and I could have no relationship with a higher power. Like I just didn't even know where to start with all of it. And I was, um, I was leading a double life in so many ways. And I was dripping with guilt and shame And dishonesty. And as a miracle of working these steps, today, I I have no room for any dishonesty in my life. Any dishonesty. And what that looks like today is that I texted my sponsor before I got on this line. And I said, just so you know, it was a variation of this language, my carrots were a little off yesterday. My carrots were a little messy. I get honest to the point of carrots. Because if I'm dishonest, even about a couple carrots, then that can go right back to where I was. And today I have a sense of who I am. And today I am I, honest in all of my affairs. And today I don't need a double life. And that is like a miracle. And I got it just by, like, doing what I was told from working these days. Time, please. And I'm super grateful. So thank you so much. Thanks to all of you.
0: Thank you. And thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Um, Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And the share ID for today, Wednesday, July 21st, 7 a.m. meeting is 17,396. That's 17396. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Elena see? please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggested only. Elena, we can't hear you.
17: Can you hear me now?